I never know how to start. We start the same way every single time, though. And we don't, though. I mean, you're right. That's true. <laughs> I know. Duh. And see you next week, folks. <laughs> Why do you make it so difficult, Chris? I'm not doing anything. I guess I'm just sleepy. That's fair. So we're going to burn through this. Uh, we've been recording for like two minutes. We're going to try to record for like five more and then be done. Maybe I'll just speed it up. We'll record for like an hour and I'll speed it up. I cannot wait to listen to your cackling at like 10 times the normal speed. <laughs> what does that mean? That'll be awesome. Except it won't go on as long. I'll try to drag it out. You ready? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sleepy. Sharon's sleepy. Folks. I don't know what to say. Okay. Well, we're going to talk about The Crown. So we just watched season one, episode eight, Pride and Joy. Hello, Chris. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Hello, Sharon. What's The Crown cast episode called? So it took me a while to figure it out towards about three quarters of the way through the episode. Um, I really got a sense of what they wanted us to be paying attention to was the dignity and the purity of the crown of the monarchy right. versus Margaret's personality, her humanness. You know, they were really sort of pinning these two ideas against yeah. each other. Yeah. So the title of the episode of the crown is pride and joy right and that was they referenced this later in the episode talking about this was king george talking about margaret and elizabeth mm -hmm. as when they were young elizabeth is his pride but margaret is his joy yes and so what i came up with was season one episode eight of the crown cast smoke and mirrors oh that's what the crown is yeah opens correct with the royal ladies the trio the royal trio the royal female trio the queen mom liz and maggie discussing who will give the speech at the unveiling of the statue of george the sixth a poor queen mom bless her oh my goodness <sighs> that was rough for her yeah she was a wreck do you know what my thought was in the scene though what's up what do they do with prop statues in tv land and actually, the reason why they couldn't film it on location mm -hmm. was because there's now there's a statue of the Queen Mum there as well. After she died, they added her statue there. Sure. Too. So it's a little more crowded. Yeah, that's a that's a good question. What happens? Do you want to buy it? The no. statue? I mean, it if, it, cool if it was out by the bird feeders, that's true. But if it were made to look like the actor for continuity. Mm -hmm then what good does that statue do in the real world except 
in that actor's home. <laughs> or in our backyard by the bird feeders. I mean, really, I'm thinking about the statue that they made of Ted Buckland in Scrubs, the lawyer. He got a statue? He did. It had a hairpiece. Oh, oh, come on! A good lawyer couldn't win this case! <laughs> oh, how quickly we've devolved from the crown to Scrubs. Write what you know. How big is the statue? It's a, it's a bust. That's not, that's a bust then. It's not a statue. But where is it now? My point exactly. Mm. How is a bust not a statue? And Rowdy, what happened to Rowdy? See, I don't know. That's a prop I'd be keeping. Right? I wonder if they, wonder if the actors rotate them to each other's homes. Everyone gets like a week. I bet that they do. You ever meet one of those folks you need to find out this is not going to be a short crown cast <laughs> maybe we should talk more about the crown i think we should let's go, let's go back to our script this stuff isn't working so the queen mom is very sad and elizabeth is very forthright she is making decisions yeah no you know i'll give the speech i'm the head of the family now uh, moving on we've decided i'm kind of Getting a little sick of that on this show, honestly. Yeah, that's a good point. Like I'm, I'm, I think I enjoy the episodes where they don't give a shit about any of that, mm -hmm. and they just pay attention to the action going on. Mm -hmm. Whereas this episode was very full of internal character struggle, you know, mm -hmm. stuff like pointing out that Queen Elizabeth is the queen now and she wins right. all, all of her arguments. <laughs> right. That that is kind of boring. Yeah, it's like, I, I get it at this point. I mean, I'm still, I'm not knocking the show. Sure. Because I love the show. I love the performances. But I'm, I'm kind of, I'm noticing that more now. Right. And then Churchill and his team are working on sending the Queen on a world tour. Yes. But they're worried about Gibraltar. Apparently Gibraltar is going to be a problem. Gibraltar's probably going to be a problem. Sending the Queen on this forthcoming tour in the current climate would be to put the sovereign in... An unacceptable level of danger. No one has said you would have the queen. No, stay at home. And then we zoom to getting ready for the tour. Liz is looking at dresses. She got she hundred has dresses. A, a personal studio, a personal salon with a hundred dresses being modeled for her. Right. That's pretty fun. Her husband tries on uniforms. I mean costumes. Costumes. That was kind of funny. That was funny. He gets good lines. They give him good lines when he's not being a jerk, which he gets a lot of jerky lines, too. Yeah, of course he does. But he gets some funny lines. And the queen mom wants to take some time off, urges her man to allow Margaret to take on more of the responsibilities while the queen is away on her world tour. Right. So Marge has a chance to play with the sword. That was fun. That was fun. That was really a lot of fun. And remember, the flat side of the blade goes down. <laughs> That's a little firm, was it? Yes, and it's the flat edge, remember? Oh, sorry. And the queen and her consort are bouncing around the islands while Margaret plays not the sovereign. Still not king yet. They were going on tour for 23 weeks or I something like that. did not catch what they said. It was so. more than 20 it was it was really? a large number of weeks. That's half a year. Yeah, almost. It's insane. That's kind of cuckoo pants. And then something that occurred to me too, because they show them flying out of London, right? But then later on, they show them on a boat. You know, the planes of the day right. didn't 
fly all the way around the world. Right. You know, you, you took a boat to get to the Americas or to get to Australia. So I guess that's partly why these mm-hmm. trips take so long. Yeah. The scene that I, that I wanted to point out, I guess the, the, the moment that I wanted to point out was as Queen Elizabeth and Philip were leaving on the plane mm-hmm. for the tour, mm-hmm. Winston Churchill's on the plane with them. And, you know, he, he pulls Liz aside and, and just really sits her down and is like, look, this is serious. Like, for reals, serious. And I don't remember the words that he used, but he had such a sense of gravitas and urgency in what he was telling her. Mm-hmm. It was all to do with the smoke and mirrors, the keeping up with the appearances. Bringing the... Winning of hearts and minds. The, the other countries together. Unity. Unity. Commonwealth. Yeah. Power. It's very interesting to me. And it's it's very much like that sort of summed up his tone, his mm-hmm. character's tone. Mm-hmm. Like that's what he wants. He He wants to project strength and power regardless. Right. But of course, watching John Lithgow do that, it's just amazing. And I love it. Margaret picks out some tiaras so that she looks more queenly. It's tiara time. She mentions the Cambridge lover's knot, which we talked about in episode six. Oh, yeah. I remember talking about that. It's the one with the interchangeable pearls. The pearls can be taken off the thing. Okay. And the other one she mentions that she would like to try is the state diadem tiara, also known as George the Fourth state diadem, which this one is like the tiara. This is the, I think people think of it more as a crown. Elizabeth wears it to the opening of parliament every year, and she wears it for her portraits. Mm. So it's the one that shows up in stamps and on coins and things like that. So it's like the most recognizable tiara. So it gets a lot of play. It gets a lot of play. And this is the one Margaret wants to try. <laughs> and the dresser is just kind of like, mm, no. Yeah, yeah, not so much. No, probably not. And so she does choose the the Cambridge lover's knot, which is one of Kate Middleton's favorite. Mm. It was one of Princess Diana's favorites as well. I couldn't figure out what the tiara was that she was wearing when she was talking about these other two tiaras. And that really bugs me. I need I need a better tiara dictionary. So if that exists, I'd like to put that on my my wish list. Okay. I need a more comprehensive right. tiara dictionary. There's a really good website that I've been using, but it, it mostly only does tiaras that the queen has worn in the past x years something for the research library and you know it's my birthday so yeah it is your birthday and then the other scenes that we're kind of intercutting with are the scenes of queen mary up in scotland right and it's like visiting her friends and (laughs) she's staying at a private castle on the seaside she gets to go private horse ride with their friends on a private beach. Maybe it's not really private. Maybe it's just way the fuck out in the country and, it, and nobody's there. in the very, very northern end of Scotland. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. So great. Yeah. Such beautiful scenery. Yeah. I wonder, I mean, I know she went to get away and to have some downtime. She was in mourning right. for her husband. But I wonder 
if all that privacy really translates to loneliness. Do you mean the privacy when she's in Scotland well, or both when the privacy when she's in Scotland because there aren't any people around, but also when she is in London and when she has her queen mother hat on or when she had her queen hat on, which I guess that would be a tiara. Um, totally tiara <laughs> When she was doing that, she's surrounded by all of these people, but these people aren't her friends it's her staff i noticed that too when she's in scotland and they're at dinner and the guy asks her has it been terribly difficult and she sort of she sort of breaks down a little bit right as much as the queen mom can break down right and she kind of tells him the whole story and you can really hear how she's talking to her friends and how she opens up Mm -hmm. and then also later on with the neighbor like she never bothered to tell the neighbor that she's the queen mom. Right. Because she didn't really care about it. She wasn't there to be the queen mom. Right. She was just there to be a person. Yeah. So smoke mm-hmm. and mirrors. Yeah. I like her. Yeah. I like her a lot too. So yeah. Um, Maggie's speech is where we are now. When Martin realized that Margaret was veering from the speech that he gave her at first, he seemed to be kind of amused. Right. And then within two or three more sentences, he looked like he was going to throw up. Yep. <laughs> that was not the speech he wrote. No, not even close. Not even close. It sort of turned it like it was really cute at first. Right. And then it sort of turned into a stand-up routine there for a second. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so to all of you, I say welcome. As a rule, the food here is pretty ordinary. The wine is usually rather good. And I've made sure there is plenty of it. (laughs) So I have no doubt we will have a wonderful evening. Thank you. I sort of half-heartedly wonder how much of that is based in reality. Right. Like not, not enough to really give a shit about researching it just because it's so good as drama anyway. Like it's good for the screen no matter what. So even if there's just a hint of it somewhere in the past, like it makes sense to do. Right. Um, but still, I kind of I kind of wonder if there's been any of that in real life. I may do a little bit of research about what those those five months were like for Margaret. Yeah. I wonder if there's much detail about that on the Internet. I'm, I'm sure there probably is. So are we about to do a bit? I think we're going to do a thing. OK, I'd forgotten about this. Had you? I'm glad that you didn't. No, I didn't. I'm very excited about it. One of our super fans has gifted us with a subscription to Majesty Magazine. It's printed on paper. (laughs) I bet there's words and pictures, but we haven't opened our first issue yet. It's true. So we wanted to do that here um, on the podcast just to see what. It's like, and it's, it looks like it comes from Minnesota. Even though it's printed on A4 paper. But the, yeah, it's, it's British size magazine. I don't know how that's going to fit on our bookshelf or anything. So the first issue that we have is volume 40, number eight. It doesn't have like a month or anything on it, but the name of the magazine is Majesty, the quality royal magazine. And I keep trying to hold it up to the camera to show it to you, but that's not going to work on the radio. Is it? Uh-huh. 
not like I'd hoped. And the cover story is the Queen High Days and Holidays. And it has a lovely picture of Queen Elizabeth on the front. The modern Queen Elizabeth, not the one from the mid-50s that we're talking about on the podcast. But she's wearing a lovely blue jacket with, of course, coordinating hat and triple strand of pearl. Now tell us about page two. <laughs> page two. <laughs> Chris and Sharon read magazines on, <laughs> on their new podcast. Hey, I watched a lady clean her house on YouTube yesterday and enjoyed every minute of it. We could so. call it listening to paint dry. Don't knock it. Um, so it looks like inside this issue, we're going to talk about Archie's christening. What? Young Master Archie. Um, there's an article called Albert the Good. The 200th anniversary of the birth of the future prince consort, the man to whom we owe so much. Albert the Good. Albert the Good. Ooh. The, the rejected title of Al the Just Okay. <laughs> um, page 26 is Queen Victoria's Palace. Page 47, the Royal Gardens at Highgrove. This looks awesome. Oh. Oh, there's the new little prince, but that's a really, that's a really lovely photo of the family there. Albert the Good. He has a kind of a schmarmy mustache. Schmarmy? Yeah. There's a lot of color in this magazine. There's a beautiful picture of one of Queen Victoria's dresses with an article. This is like every page is full color with tons of photos. And oh my gosh. So many fascinators. I've never seen so many fascinators in one magazine in my life. And matching hats and veil, little tiny veils. And. Is there a centerfold? It's Prince Charles. Nice. <laughs> in a garden. <laughs> Pretty hot. His ears really. all sticking out. <laughs> I don't think they do that much anymore. I wonder where Highgrove is. I'm going to have to look into that. And here's some historical stuff, too. Assassination of the Viceroy. So it looks like it has a little bit of everything. A little bit old, a little bit of new. There's some social pages. This looks great. Are there activities? There might be a crossword puzzle somewhere in the, in the middle there. So that's exciting. That was cool. That's fun. So <laughs> thank you, Superfan. Superfan Uncle Robert. Thanks, Uncle Robert. <laughs> It's true. I really do. He's going to be up here at some point. I'll, I'll get it on his phone for him. So let's see. Um, we did Maggie's speech. We did. Oh, so there's all this intercutting back and forth. Um, this makes me think of Mythbusters because I remember watching Mythbusters mm -hmm. and they did. Of course, this was back in the watching TV with commercials days. You know, thankfully, we usually did DVR, but still like they're making TV for commercials. Right. And they cut it up so hard. Like, so they get to an interesting point in a story and then they cut and then they move to the other story and they get to an interesting point in that story and they cut and they move back to the other story. Right. Like they were flipping back and forth between the main thing and then what the right. interns were doing. The A story okay. and the B story. And they would, they would get to an interesting spot. That's what really kills me about it. It's mm -hmm. like they suck you in and then it gets exciting. Cut. Let's go back and watch what the other crap is right. doing. Right. So I've always wondered, like, what would it be like to watch these kinds of programs 
recut so that they're oh. you know, like in in a more logical yeah order like you get the a story and then you get the b story and then it's over right right so i always think about that when we're watching this kind of cinematic tv uh-huh and then they're still intercutting between all these different stories yeah so now we're we're between like uh elizabeth and philip and their tour and then whatever the hell maggie's doing right. with her days and then what the queen mom Mom's is doing the in Scotland. Sure, yeah. Um, so at this point, what I wrote down was the drive in Australia. So Philip was complaining that it was going to take them two hours to drive 10 miles between whatever towns in Australia. Right. In 100 degree heat. And of course, he's got his like, I'm a dick voice on. So that was great. But then what they did in the show, they put him in the car. Uh-huh. And you see them waving and they they crank the camera so that you get ultra slow-mo. Like, it was really, really slow. It was very effective. Elizabeth is up there waving, doing her little, hello. The, I don't know, Lorena does Elbow, elbow, wrist, wrist. There it is, that one. So she's doing that thing and it's like her head is not moving in the frame at all. It's just her hand that's moving and the (laughs) slow-mo just works for it really well is that the one where the ticker tape was all coming down yeah. and the bright flashing yeah. lights it was just a i really loved the artistic choice the mm-hmm. editing choice of cranking the camera like that slowing it down you know it really fed into the story too it made a lot of sense to do it that way it was right. just really beautiful right. i liked it a lot yeah so i wrote it down that's good yeah that was good good editing for yes. sure can we talk about the queen mom buying the castle? Yes. Let's please talk about that. That castle's so fucking cool. It is. Did you research it? Oh, yes. Do we live there now? Well, we can. <laughs> At one point it was called Bargill Castle. I think that's what it was called when she fell in love with it. Okay. It is in Caithness. Right. Which is the very tippy northern end of Scotland. Right. Just one of the places I want to go to because we didn't didn't make it that far north. We didn't get all the way up there. All the good, really old archaeology of Scotland is up there. And dude really was ready to abandon it. And he really did try to give it to Queen Mum. Okay. It was probably built between 1566 and 1572. Wow. She did end up paying 100 pounds for it. (laughs) Now, I don't know how much 100 pounds was in 1955-ish. Sure. I did not look that up, but probably less than 500 pounds. I was going to say, it's it's not like it's a million pounds now. It's, right. It's still on the order of hundreds of pounds. She fixed it up, and she called it Castle of May, M-E-Y. And this is the castle that Charles has added the bed and breakfast to. Oh. It's called Granary Lodge. Um, and this happened just a few months ago. Yeah. So he he had a, a B&B, a proper bed and breakfast built right next to the castle. Now, the castle is a, is a historic heritage site. Yeah. So you can tour it and stuff okay. like that anyway. So he built this B&B next to it. When's our next big anniversary? Because it's really not an impractical place to stay. All I got to do is get there. Yeah. 2023? We can fly cheap through Iceland. Oh, yes. We've never done that. No. Oh, that's a great idea. Oh, let's do that. Right now, the highest price room is only 
$275 a night. That's not bad. No. That's the really fancy one that has like a super huge ensuite and like two televisions. And then most of them are medium rooms. And then there's a couple of. So there's some reasonable pricing. For a B&B right next to the Queen Mum's Castle, I think it's pretty reasonable pricing. Yeah. Okay. I'm game. Cool. Let's go. Let's take some of our. Grab your passport. Crowncast friends. (laughs) Who wants to go to Scotland with us? Listeners. Northern Scotland. This is not a contest. You got to pay your own way. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe by 2023, our podcast will be popular enough. Yeah. We can bring someone with us. I think I'm going to quit my day job. Don't do that. Yeah, not doing that. Thanks. Yeah, so the guy that owns this castle that wants to sell it or give it away to the Queen Mum, mm-hmm. um, it's it's a testament to this actor's abilities because he was the creepy priest from V for Vendetta, but he's totally sweet in this. He's totally sweet. And they get along really well. Yeah, he's adorable. So they have some really sweet moments together. Mm-hmm. He really seems like a kind, gnarled old man that has lived by the sea. Yeah. In Scotland without a bathroom in his castle. And I love it that he doesn't. For 11 years. Like he recognizes her face, but he doesn't know Mm -hmm. who this woman is. He doesn't know she's the queen mom. Right. Like he should be bowing and and yes, mamming her. And he doesn't, he doesn't know it. Right. And I just, I think it's great, especially when he finds out later on. Yeah. It's very sweet. Yeah. That actually is probably one of my favorite parts of the whole season. Yeah. Was her interactions with him it's nice when we get moments like this that really let the characters uh shine through the performances by the actors Mm -hmm. like this is really good stuff and it feels so genuine it really does because it is it is and that's why we watch the show yeah because it all comes down to the actors inhabiting these lives Mm -hmm. that makes it so compelling for us to watch right and i like the historical aspect as well yeah sure like doing that I'm glad somebody likes doing research around here. I do. You have a whole page of notes. Right. None of which is research. It's Uh, just commentary. Then we're back to the royal couple. They're tired. They are stressed. Somebody's cranky. They argue. The press is there. This scene to me felt like it came out of Walk the Line. Yeah. Or a movie like that that has a lot of marital strain throughout it absolutely it really did have that vibe yeah their little spat rolls out into the front lawn and there's this camera crew shooting a newsreel and both of them are just like oh look at that (laughs) look what we've just done and then so they go back in the house and then elizabeth sort of walks out there with her tail kind of between her legs and says hey guys what do we need to do about this Mm -hmm. the cameraman Sort of looks around at his mates, opens the camera up, opens the canister up, hands her the real film. <laughs> and it's just like, you know, this is this is another gift. You're welcome. I'm sorry. That little interlude. Although I'm sure it must happen in every marriage. Meanwhile, Margaret is getting a talking to from Churchill. Did she did something else? She gave another speech. What did she do? Because that first speech she gave was 
At the big party. At the big party. But then she's done a couple of other things. Oh, she was touring the mines. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. And she, getting... Well, the she was being asked straight questions, and she was giving straight, straight answers. answers. But the questions were things like, do you miss your boyfriend? Do you miss your sister? Right. And she was giving straight answers, and Churchill made it clear that she's not to give straight answers when she is representing the crown. Exactly. And this is this is down to the smoke and mirrors. Once like again. At that point, you have to be the crown. You can't be your person. You can't be yourself. Mm-hmm. You have to be the pomp and circumstance that represents what it is that the people believe in about this stupid right. crown thing. The crown is not a person. Right. It's interesting. That, she was dichotomy. like, but I am a person. And he's like, not when you yeah. are in this position. I'm calling your mother. <laughs> you sit right there, Missy. I'm getting a little tired of Churchill being a jerk. He's not really a jerk. He's just like by the book Churchill. You you wonder if there's some practical benefit to upholding mm-hmm. the institutionalized like pedestal that the monarchy is put on. They at least seem to think that the British people want this monarchy to be in place because of its status, because of its heraldry, because of its pomp and circumstance. Right. Royal babble. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so Maggie gets a talking to from Churchill. And then sort of magically, everyone gets back to London at the same time. The queen, <laughs> That's true. The queen mom came back from Scotland. Yeah. Elizabeth and Philip came back. Yeah. Well, um, it's I'm sure they sort of it's all a kind of magic. Right. They, they they sort of compressed the timeline for TV. Well, one of the things that I really like how they do that uh-huh. with this show and this episode was a perfect example of this. The things that happened in this episode happened over a five year period. Five years like in real life. Yes. But it was not portrayed linearly. Okay. For instance, Queen Mom bought the castle in 52, right after George died. It was okay. not long after George died at all. The statue was not unveiled until 55. The Troubles in Gibraltar was 54. So they've taken this span, these major things that happened in a span of years, and put them all together to make it look like it happened at the same time. So what you're saying is... And they is, did it really well. They They're, did really they well. do this really, really well. What you're saying is that they've taken these events from several years mm-hmm. out of the real world, mm-hmm. compressed it into 23 weeks of we're going on tour time. Right. And then portrayed that over one hour of screen time on yeah. Netflix. Yeah. And they did it really well. You're and they right. do it really well. So that was pretty cool. And this is the first time I've really noticed that... Just because I had, I happened to have paid attention to years this time when I was doing my research. Right. But usually I don't. It's definitely something I'm going to be looking out for now to see how things line up. I hadn't thought about things like that before. That's pretty cool. I didn't really either. Especially because this episode was a lot of inside people's heads. We were in Margaret's head a little bit. Mm -hmm. You know, she was having a little fun as the, the, representative of the monarchy uh the queen mom was out of the monarchy for a little while right she was on her own she was buying a castle she was having horse rides with the friends you know and elizabeth is working it Mm -hmm. going from place to place waving her hand 
Philip even mentions that he was waving in his sleep. <laughs> that was hysterical. That was great. You know, so those guys are like full on working every minute of every day, you know, and trying to be married. Right. Which apparently is difficult when you're flouncing around the Commonwealth. I'd love to find out. Right. So, yeah, a lot of the stuff is in people's heads. It's sort of inner drama. Mm -hmm. But then you're also portraying all of these realistic, all these real, real life historical events. events. Yeah. You know, the purchasing of the castle, the troubles in Gibraltar. The Goodwill Tour, yada, yada, yada. You know, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. Cramming it all together like that. That's it's good writing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's good to be able to to juggle those kinds of things and smush it all into a single episode. So, yeah, everybody gets back to London. It's hard being sisters. Mm -hmm. Especially when your dad had favorites. Right. And told you about it. The uh, The tone of voice in Liz's look. While she was talking to Maggie. Right. So good. Yeah. I'm going to miss those actors in season three. Yeah. We've got a whole another season. That's then, true. So. No, I know. And that's kind of it. We go Jared back. Harris. Thank you. Oh, my God. Whew. <laughs> You're welcome. It took me a while. It's been a long day. <laughs> It has. One of the things we talked about last last episode, we talked about the royal education a lot. Right. Yes. And how the women learned etiquette and sewing. They go to lady school. Yeah. What about the men? I couldn't find a whole lot of information. Nowadays, everyone's educated the way everyone else is. It's not. They don't do this anymore. That big of a of a difference. No, no, not at all. But going back to King George the Sixth, right? He had a pretty normal education as well. It looks like he attended Royal Naval College as a naval cadet in 1911. He graduated at the bottom of his class <laughs> in his OWLs. But despite that, he progressed to the Royal Naval College in Dartmouth. And then a few years later, he went to Trinity College, Cambridge for a year where he studied history, economics, civics. So I I feel like the guys kind of had a pretty traditional education like anyone else would. Right. I imagine people felt like they had to go sow their wild oats and find a queen and Rob Springer and shit like that. Yeah. I'm getting sleepy. It's pretty sleepy time. I think I'm just going to, I think I'm going to come to bed with you as well. Uh -huh. I'm, I'm pretty tired. It'll be nice. I, I love you. I've been sort of hooked on the game lately. I don't want to, I want to do that too much. It was a, almost a, it was on a chilly day today by any means, but the weather is definitely turning. It is. Towards fall. So I'm hoping it starts getting chilly enough that Schroeder wants to sleep in the bed with us again. That'll be I miss nice. him. I know. I know you miss him in the summer. I do. So let's wrap up this episode. Um, the, the the last scene is the queen mom sort of at peace mm -hmm. at her seaside in Scotland, yeah. which I thought was really nice. Yeah. And I didn't have anything else to say about the episode. I think we, we have said everything. Mm -hmm. um, did you like it overall? I loved it. Yeah. I loved this episode. You got some good uh, jewelry and stuff mm -hmm. in this one. Yeah. 
I um I think I, I like it for the most part. I love the performances. I love the way they put it together. You know, there were individual things that I loved about it. Uh-huh. I'm really interested. I think I was more interested in the peek into the next episode on Netflix. Yeah, you watched that pretty intently. Yeah. I guess my favorite bit of this one, though, was probably the creepy dude and Queen Mom selling her, selling her the castle. It wasn't creepy. Well, no, no. He was creepy in a different movie, but he was super oh. sweet in this movie. That was my favorite part as well. I didn't write this down, but like that final scene where it was the two of them and they were talking about the price of the castle and you know the guy came and and found them on their walk right you and i were both sort of sitting at our chairs Mm -hmm. with our elbows on the table holding up our chins (laughs) like we were little kids watching cartoons on the floor you know it was really sweet (laughs) and like we were both kind of just enthralled with it (laughs) and that's that's how i know it's good tv right yeah. It seems I must go. Oh my God. He's finally come to you. Well, that didn't you say, ma'am? Because people always make such a fuss and stop being themselves. And you'd have doubled the price. <laughs> Spoken like a true Scotswoman. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I enjoyed it. Good. I liked how they portrayed the castle a lot, too. You know, there's something about castles that even if they are really dilapidated and just falling apart at the seams, they still hold so much history and curiosity for me. I still think they're beautiful and amazing. And there was one part in the background that I pointed out to you when we were watching it, that Mm. it was a doorway that had kind of been walled up. And then he just had piles and piles of books filling this doorway. And it was so cool. It was so beautiful. And it was totally, it wasn't like, the camera didn't sort of pan across it like you were supposed no, to notice it. It was, it was just, just absolutely in the, in the background. Very cool, though. It was really cool. That's the kind of castle I want to live in. Do we know if they filmed it at the actual castle? I seriously doubt it. Okay. Because that castle has been fixed up now. Well, this would have been a couple of years ago, but... <laughs> the, the queen fixed it up in the 50s when she bought it. Okay. Chris. I'm just asking the questions here, <laughs> I don't do the research. I just ask the questions. Ask better questions. Mm, okay. <laughs> you have to go now. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I'm getting sleepy. Well, uh, I, I want to make sure we thank Jenny Parrott because her music's all over this episode. I'm so glad. Because we love it. Absolutely. We love um, it. Thank you, Jenny Parrott. And thank you, anyone, if you're out there listening. We're just doing this because we want to do it. We have fun. Even though we get sleepy. Oh, I get so sleepy. But we hope that you're enjoying it if you are listening to it. So thank you to all the listeners. And thanks for recommending it to your friends when you do that. We totally appreciate that. Um, That's all I got. All right. God save the queen. God save the queen. Totally tear time. Totally tear time.
rearrange it and post? Sure. Yeah, we'll fix it and post. Okay. It'll come out in the blocking. Um, <laughs> You're a good knitter. Yeah. And I want to do this sort of organically. Right. Without just like bringing it up overtly like I just did. Okay. Well, good luck with that. Can I get some music here? Yeah. Yeah, we'll throw something okay, in. Okay, thanks. <sighs> That's funny. I don't know. I'm not making any sense at this point. I'm just talking. Huh? Schmarmy? <laughs> <laughs>